0: Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, and best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to learn how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now.
1: Hello, and welcome to Transform Now. This is Zena Steaton, Vice President of Customer Experience at Blue Prism and co-founder of Women in RPA. I'm pleased to welcome with me today, a woman in RPA, Taylor McTaggart, Continuous Improvement Consultant at Zurich Insurance. Hello, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much for having me
2: along today. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Hi everyone. My name is Taylor McTaggart. I'm a continuous improvement consultant at Zurich Insurance and I'm 21 years old. Um, I left school a year early and with no degree to start my career in the insurance industry, completing an apprenticeship in financial services. At the age of 17, as you can imagine, um, packing up school was definitely a scary experience to then take on the corporate world. And my friends always had that stigma of it's a nine-to-five job, you were tied to a desk. And to be honest, at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I thought, you know what, now is the right time to take a risk. And even if it doesn't go well, there'll be learnings that I can take um, into the future. And it will set me off on a good start at a young age. Being um, the youngest in the room sat around a a table of people with 10, 15 years experience in the industry can definitely be intimidating at first. I think for me, if there's anything that I could share with um, perhaps any younger listeners, maybe thinking of taking on a career within the corporate world is realizing at the time that you do have a voice at the table, you just need to find it. A lot of people see young age as a blocker to applying for roles or opportunities, but actually it's such a great advantage. Being young, you can bring a fresh mindset
1: into the business and really challenge how things have been going on for so long. Fantastic. That, might I say, is rather brave of you to jump out at 17 and and join Corporate America. How have you found being able to be yourself and build your personal brand uh, at such an early age, joining a team of probably uh, individuals who were fairly older than you? Yeah. I think it probably goes back into um, the last point just
2: about being young and it not really being a blocker, but I guess. When you're young and especially like throughout my generation, having grown up with technology being used by me or around me each day, it's allowed me to upskill myself in the latest technology and it definitely sets me apart from other generations in the workplace. But actually using that knowledge that I have, it's also given me the opportunity to bring the older generation and the workplace along on that journey. Um, and get them excited about new technology and actually seeing how it can aid their day-to-day processes instead of being a threat. I think what's also really great um, about the work that I've had the opportunity to do is that this technology at first can appear frightening, but longer term, when you look at it, this technology is here to support and removing those mundane tasks that you would need to spend hours manually completing. And actually giving employees of the future an opportunity to focus on what they love the most, being creative, thinking of new ideas, and really pushing the dial in terms of what we can achieve
1: when it comes to the future of work. So what do you think is one of the most powerful um, aspects of working in a STEM career? For me, um, personally, my favorite part
2: of my role is just the diverse set of skills I get to apply. Um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, no day's ever the same. Each comes with its own opportunities but on the other hand its own challenges that you work through. Um, one day I could be facilitating workshops and um, the next I could be training up our teams on new digital tools. One aspect of my job that I do really enjoy and I'd like to touch upon is coaching and I think coaching is really going to be a skill for the future. As we start to see multi-generational and cultural workforces come through through the workplace, I think effective leaders of the future will need to be able to tailor their coaching to various different needs and expectations. For me, on a day-to-day basis, there's nothing more rewarding than supporting an individual and seeing them be successful. And I'm very fortunate enough that as part of my day-to-day role, definitely something I'd like to continue in the future
1: as well. That's a really uh, great insight there. I'm curious, Taylor, did you have a technology background? Uh, were, were you studying technology in school prior to jumping into your apprenticeship at 17? No, I, I, I definitely did not. Actually, when I was in school, I didn't even
2: take the computing class. So all the skills that I've learned have been on the job, and that's for various different reasons. My, the company that I work for has been absolutely great in providing opportunities to upskill yourself. Um, the people that I work alongside on a daily basis are some of the most knowledgeable people that I know. So naturally, by working alongside them, you absorb a lot of what they know. And there's a lot of stuff out there that you can do in your own time, whether that's through things like apprenticeships or online learning courses where you can actually go on and you can upskill yourself on them. So don't have a background in technology, but that doesn't mean that should limit you from going for those opportunities that will give you exposure to being able to do so.
1: In your early career, now I think um, seventeen, you mentioned at the beginning you were twenty one so three, four years now into your career. have you ever been so discouraged that you wanted to give up?
2: So in terms of like setbacks that I've had throughout the career, there's definitely been points there where I've had to learn from my failures. I guess for me the biggest thing that I could say to anyone that has went through a period in the past where they found it really difficult and they didn't know if they were going to get through it or they've just felt like thrown in the towel and given up is that making mistakes and going through difficult times is just a part of the bigger journey. And um, If there's anything that I can say I've definitely had my, my fair share of experiences where I just wanted to scream into a pillow but honestly the best thing that you could do is just be open and, and talk to people about what it is that you're going through, and also remember not to be too hard on yourself. We are all human. At the end of the day, we all make mistakes. But it's not about the falling down. It's it's how you get back up.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so, what have been uh, some techniques that you've used to gain the confidence that you have and build resiliency that you may have needed over the course of your career?
2: So, for me, in terms of how I've I've got comfortable is just taking opportunities that maybe perhaps make you feel uncomfortable Um, at first I know we, sometimes you get things at our desk or come across um, our plate and it's like I really don't know if I can do this it's really going to challenge me Um, what I'll say is if that's how it makes you feel although it might be very scary definitely take it up you'll learn so much more about yourself about the process and once you've done it There'll be the big sigh of relief at the end, but you definitely have learned a lot more about yourself.
1: That's great. And I have also found that I learned the most about myself when things are a bit uncomfortable at times, it stretches you to really look inside yourself, lean on those around you and you all come out better for it.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think you made a really good um, point there around using others around you. I think one of the key points is also that remember that you're probably not the only person that has experienced this. There will be others around you that have maybe perhaps went through similar um, experiences and found it challenging. And there might be things that you can learn from them and their experiences. So, yeah, definitely use your network that you've got around you um, and see if they can support.
1: In coming into your role at a young age, did you face power structures that you felt like you had to navigate through and around so coming in at
2: a young age there was definitely and on reflection a lot of it was probably the voice inside our heads that everyone has there was that challenge of I'm young no one's going to listen to me everyone's a lot more senior than me and anything that I want to do will automatically be overruled by people that have more experience I guess the the first point in that piece is just recognising, as I said earlier on in the conversation, that your age isn't a barrier, it's actually an enabler. I think what you can do in those situations is just, as hard as it may be, park that voice in your head that's telling you, I can't do this because of my age, I can't do this because I don't have enough experience. And when it comes to the mindsets of other people, perhaps of those younger within the workforce, there's definitely been a shift in terms of the mindset I've seen over the past four years people that I never thought I would see be more accepting of those on apprenticeship schemes, graduate schemes and just actually being open to the fact that the younger generation have a lot of value to bring. I guess what's key is remembering that we need the knowledge of the older generation whilst we also need the creativity of the younger generation. And actually, when you combine the two together, you can actually get a really amazing product
1: at the end with both the experience and the creativity. Couldn't agree with that more. We often talk about the importance of inclusion and diversity and how the outputs of inclusion and diversity are 10x the outputs when you do not have that diversity and inclusion as products or solutions are being developed. So that's a very interesting uh, point that you make. Do you see the same type of gender and inclusion in the female to male gender balances as you do in the generational balance as well? So, I think when it if
2: we look specifically um, at STEM compared to ten years ago, there's been massive strides towards making it a more diverse, inclusive environment. I'm proud to work in STEM because I know that I can make a difference. And um, there's definitely more work to be done, but I think. I can make a difference, not only in the field itself, but as a young female professional, in terms of the work that I carry out like day to day. Do you think
1: women in your profession have a hard time getting promoted?
2: That is a good question. So I think probably back to the earlier point of, there has been massive strides in the past 10 years to making it a more diverse, inclusive environment. I believe in today's day and age, everyone has a fair opportunity to go for the roles that they feel meets them I did actually have some interesting insight on oh sorry I I did actually see um, an interesting report that it says when a criteria is brought up for a role males are more typically to go for it if they don't meet 100% of the criteria compared to women will also always try and hit that 100% and reflecting on that when it personally when it came to applying for roles in the past i've definitely been one of those that have looked to tick every single box instead of realizing actually if i can provide 60 percent of this criteria
1: i'm still a a perfect candidate for the role we are our own worst enemies when it comes to things like that taylor
2: (laughs) yeah no definitely
1: we are and it's it is challenging right day to day it is challenging So what would you say to your younger counterparts interested in potentially taking on a career in STEM or maybe at that point where you were at 17 saying, I don't really know what I want and maybe have stalled a bit. What advice would you give to them as a way to jumpstart them into their future? So I
2: think for me, doing what you love day to day is probably key. Waking up and being able to think I, I love my job I love what I do is definitely a great starting point and um, but for you if you're not at that stage where you know what you love doing um, my first tip would just be curious push yourself out of your comfort zone and do things that make you feel uncomfortable that's sometimes where we we learn what we love the most my next piece of advice would probably just be being authentic be true to your values and pursue topics or subjects that you're passionate about and just really make the most of each opportunity and recognize that making mistakes along the way is part of the journey. When you do make those mistakes, don't be too hard on yourself, right? Brush yourself down, learn from it and move on to the next one.
1: I guess that would be good advice on how to encourage yourself to not give up as well.
2: Yeah, de- definitely. Everyone has their own ways of coping. I guess for me personally, when it comes to not giving on yourself is I really like to think what is it that I want to achieve. I remember that sometimes tackling absolute mammoth goals can be really difficult to keep the motivation up. So what I really like to do is break it down into smaller, more achievable goals. That means over a longer period of time you still meet the same end goal, but in terms of short term, you still have that motivation to keep on going and because you're you're crossing off and ticking off all those quick wins. So
1: how do you balance your career which has clearly taken off in the last four years and congratulations on that with your personal life and your personal passions have you found that there is such a magical thing as balance
2: yeah it's it's definitely a balance that's been tested over the past um, two years with covid and with work becoming a bit more evasive in my personal life with me literally recording this in my bedroom And I think for me, in terms of getting the balance, you do just need to be strict with yourself and appreciate at the end of the day you come first. and your health matters, what what you're passionate about matters a lot more than some of the activities that you do on a day-to-day basis for work. When it comes to advice that I would give in terms of setting that work-life balance, different things will work for different people. I'm not a morning person, so I'm not one of these people that get up and goes to the gym at at six o'clock in the morning. I'm more I'll start my day a bit early and then in the evenings I'll go to the gym or I'll go a nice walk with some friends or I like a bit of retail therapy. I like going to the shops, buying nice things but always make sure to bookend my day. One thing that I've also found really good in terms of getting that work-life balance, I know it can be difficult to start thinking where do I even start with this but self-reflection is always a really good tool. A a tool that I feel is really underutilised. At the end of each day, I've got a journal and I reflect on the day did I focus too much on work did I have I spent enough time on myself self-care have I spent enough time with my family doing things I love or have I been working crazy hours and I think just holding yourself accountable to the goals that you set out to achieve is really a a good way in terms of making sure you keep that work-life balance
1: Good advice for all of us. I think before we say goodbye, Taylor, I'd like to get your perspective on an advice that you might have for those like me who have been in the workplace for <clears throat> a long time and <laughs> several more decades than you and that need to be open to apprenticeships and to young colleagues bringing in the skill sets, the creativity, the knowledge of technology that you have. What advice would you give to them in helping them to appreciate what they can gain uh, versus what they might perceive to be more uh, of, of just introducing challenges for them?
2: So I think for the older generations that are perhaps seeing the younger generations coming through things like grad and apprenticeship schemes, the best thing to do is just be open. I would I, and I did definitely appreciate it when I first um, joined the amount of support that I got from my older colleagues, they were always very open to hearing my thoughts. I think it's just appreciating that everyone doesn't grow up in the same generation, everyone has an, their own set of skills that they can bring to the table. So I guess that would be my first piece in terms of being open to, I know that change can be a difficult thing for anyone that experiences it, but remember that you're, you're not alone. And I guess, like, for me, it's just having that open, honest conversation about what you can bring to the table and how we can work better in collaboration with one another. As we said earlier on,
1: um, the, the two minds working to better is greater than one, right? Absolutely. Uh, Combinatory effect. One plus one equals three, right? <gasps> Anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today, Taylor, before we say goodbye? No,
2: on if I could just leave you with um, one final motivational quote from me, it would literally be just take the risk, see what happens, and don't look back and regret it. You'll learn a lot that will benefit you in the future.
1: Thank you. Thank you uh, for that, Taylor. That's great advice. And for all of our listeners, thank you for joining us on this edition of Transform Now, and we look forward to having you join us again.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now, For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, check out blueprism.com to learn how Blueprism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.